All right, we are back. Uh, this has been a rather serious program, I would say, to date. And uh, if you've been a regular listener, and I hope that you are, and if you're not, well, welcome aboard. Uh, we like to we like to engage in some levity, so we're going to indulge ourselves a bit in this segment, as well as covering some science stories that are really, uh, I think, of uh, of great merit. Uh, first off, let's do the Onion. America's finest news source, it bills itself as, in their September 11th issue. They had uh, a headline which is, uh, I think, somewhat relevant to the issue of Valerie Plame and Joseph Wilson. Headline, FBI discontinues witness protection parade. Washington, D.C. FBI Director Robert S. Mueller III announced Monday that due to logical complications and a lack of interest among participants, the annual witness protection parade will be canceled, quote, for the foreseeable future, unquote. They quoted somebody as saying, I always love to watch the parade, said Jilly Messalini, a small business owner from New York, and I'll tell you, I'll miss it. Every year I bring the boys from Brooklyn to see the sights, you know? I usually spot at least one old friend or maybe even his kids in one of the marching bands. Another onion that I saved from last April. Headline, U.S. dentists can't make nation's teeth any damn whiter. They quote an official spokesman of the American Dental Association as saying, We're not holding anything back, honestly. If there was some way to make your teeth whiter, we'd be thrilled to offer it to you and charge you an arm and a leg for it. You're just going to have to come to grips with the fact that your teeth have a slight natural tint. Unless you want to start painting your teeth with correction fluid, you'll have to accept that cruel fact. Kind of a depressing article in last week's uh, New Yorker about uh, by Jeffrey Tubin titled Enron at Enron, explains why the country's most notorious executives may never face criminal charges in the Enron case, explains why Kenny Lay and Jeffrey K. Skilling uh, just, you know, might might avoid prosecution. Neither man's been indicted at this point, uh, although I think they're closing in on Sergio the window washer and uh, Walter, the kid that works down in the mailroom, but yeah, the top guys may escape this. But interesting article. I suggest that uh, you get a copy of it. Uh, in uh, other items related to law enforcement, we would like to point out that uh, comedian Tommy Chong began his nine-month federal prison sentence on October 7th for operating a glass blowing shop that sold pipes to marijuana smokers which I think most of us would agree is a far greater crime than bankrupting the state of California uh, for the benefit of an energy trading company operating out of Texas. And I want to know how it is Rush Limbaugh gets a pass from law enforcement. Mr. Right-wing politician can enter himself into rehab. The guy's dumb enough to send emails to his housekeeper, which the National Enquirer gets a hold of, where he's buying 10000 Oxycontin and other narcotic pills in a 100-day period. Folks, do the math on that. That's 100 pills a day. Do you think maybe Rush isn't just a user? He might also be a dealer? I think that's an interesting point that nobody's brought up yet. Hey, did you guys notice that over at CBS, which is apparently celebrating its 75th anniversary, they yanked a miniseries based on Ronald Reagan? which I think is kind of funny because as part of the 75th anniversary, they were going to show what supposedly quaint moments like the Smothers Brothers being censored. Like, isn't that something that we used to do, that sort of thing? <laughs> Meanwhile, we just yank an entire miniseries because of the complaints of conservatives. 
Evidently, in this miniseries, Reagan was depicted as being uncaring and judgmental toward people with AIDS. Well, I gotta tell you, uh, we're gonna come back to the story that I mentioned a few weeks back about the Nobel Prize in medicine. Uh, I happen to have been a medical student during the Reagan era as the AIDS story broke, and I gotta tell you, it, the Reagan administration was a lot worse than uncaring. They really did take the viewpoint, a lot of arch conservatives did, that it was basically God's retribution for sinners. I mean, it, this is no joke. Uh, the fact that Robert Gallo and uh, Luc Montagnier of the Pasteur Institute have not shared a Nobel Prize for the discovery of the HIV virus comes from the fact that people in the know realize that Robert Gallo of the NIH stole Montagnier's virus. He does not deserve a piece of the Nobel Prize in medicine, so they're not going to give it to him. And uh, this was a political thing. This was done by the Reagan administration to cover up the fact that they had been so criminally remiss in how this crisis was dealt with because of their own political bias. We're going to come back to that story in the future, and uh, it's going to be a barn burner. And speaking of burners, the sun is putting out some super flares that are amazing scientists. A flare that was released on Tuesday is felt to be the most powerful ever witnessed. It was a monster X-ray eruption twice as strong as anything detected since satellites were capable of spotting them since the mid-1970s. Luckily, when this explosion blew off the sun's surface um, from one of these massive sunspots currently there, it was aimed about almost 90 degrees away from the Earth. Uh, we may see radio uh, transmissions disrupted for the next couple days, and we may see auroras tonight. Keep your eyes peeled. And on Saturday night, you may witness a lunar eclipse. The moon may rise, or the moon will rise, and when it does so, it will be in eclipse. This could be very interesting. So uh, about uh, 5.15, see if you can't go out and look east where the moon will be rising. I got a couple of great science stories that we don't, we're a little pressed for time today, so I'm going to put these off to next week's program. One is about the curious tale of the asteroid Hermes, which occasionally comes whizzing past the Earth uncomfortably close, and the story about a fossil tuatara. A tuatara? What is that, you may ask, if you're not a zoo major? Well, a tuatara is one of the fifth branches of reptiles. Yes, there are five. It isn't just snakes, lizards, turtles, and crocodilians. There's a fifth, the Tuatara. We'll have more to say about that on next week's program. Now, about three weeks ago on this program, we mentioned how actor Christopher Walken uh, apparently goes onto movie sets and fakes a birthday so that he gets presents and cake. Coming onto the program now to rebut these charges is actor Christopher Walken. Well, thank you for letting me answer these terrible misquotes of what I said. Well, you were quoted as saying, uh, I guess you told the Chronicle, San Francisco Chronicle, that you act sad and pretend it's your birthday in every movie set that you work on in order to cajole a cake and champagne and presents out of people. Well, I often had a birthday while I was working on a movie set, so right off, that is unfair. I mean... What, what, I can't let people know I'm having a birthday? Well, you were quoted as saying you celebrate a birthday every time you're on a set. I don't think I did on the set of Lewis and Clark with uh, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, is that going to be released, by the way? I sure hope so. I, I think my Merryweather Lewis is pretty good, you know. 
Well, you know, uh, I believe we still have a clip from last time. Maybe we should remind the public about that movie. Oh, could you? That would be great. Put some heat on Vivendi to release it while it's still the anniversary, you know? Yeah, 200 years later. Exactly, yeah. All right, well, here goes. Christopher Walken and Dustin Hoffman in Lewis and Clark. 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 There's no way we can do these rapids. Look it. White water everywhere. Lewis, look, I think you should relax, okay? We can do it. I'm sure we can. Look, Sacagawea says it doesn't last long anyway. That crazy Indian broad, she doesn't know. She, she does know. She does. She does know. You're crazy, too. I'm not getting wet. Besides, I can't swim too good. Look, trust me, will you? We can do it. We can do this. You see, Douglas, I think this film should be released. Now that would be a great birthday present. So when is your birthday? I'd like to keep that uh, confidential, if you don't mind. So you're keeping your options open. Look, maybe I did tell Robert Altman it was my birthday once when it wasn't quite there, but we were wrapping the film, and I figured I was just pushing things up ahead by moving the date up. How far did you move the date up? Eleven weeks. Hmm, close enough. That's what I say. And now that everyone thinks I do this, nobody will give me a cake, even if it is my birthday. Well, you can always show your driver's license. Hey, hey, you know, th that's a good idea. What a great idea, and I could always get a new one next movie. A fake ID. I didn't say that. You said that. Well, actor Christopher Walken, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. We now go to Baghdad, Iraq, to pick up with our correspondent there, Colonel Skip Klondike. Colonel? Yes, sir. I'm here, sir. How uh, goes the effort to get Iraqis actually involved in the running of Iraq? It goes well, sir. We're making great strides. Well, are you getting those unemployed Iraqi engineers, technicians, oil workers, and power plant employees back on the job? Well, I cannot speak to that, but I can report that the Alibaba Falafel Works is back to pre-war production levels. Our GIs love them. Wow. And job brokers are getting many highly trained Iraqis back to work. Well, what are job brokers? While most of the rebuilding work has been awarded to U.S. corporations, Doug, we'll be turning over much of this to joint ventures to do something about Iraq's high unemployment. So you're giving, say, chemical engineers jobs? Well, service industries should boom, Doug. So, so not professionals, but service industries. A motivated workforce is a boon to any boom. So the unemployed communications worker is motivated to put on a paper hat and work in a Kentucky Fried Chicken? Actually, it's uh, Iraqi Fried Chicken, Doug. They've opened a new chain here. I IFC, then. Oh, people are hooked on Colonel Muammar Sanders' secret recipe. Personally, I love the goat nuggets. It might be best if we let a job broker explain it all to you. Okay, shoot. Allow me to introduce the hardest working man in the greater Tigris-Euphrates area, Tariq Crazy Eddie Chalabi. All right, uh, hello? How are you? Over here, we're doing fine. Y you sound like you're from Brooklyn. Hey, I was born in Iraq, but I lived in Brooklyn since my family came over in 48. But I always felt a pull to come back here. A pull? Tug in my sleeve. Now I am back, and you know it feels great. I'm here to help rebuild using local talent. What well, you, you yourself are not local. Hey, I was born not two miles from where I'm talking to you right now. That ain't local? Come on. Well, what are you doing over there, sir? As you know, Doug, there's a need for jobs here. A lot of people out of work. I I'm doing what I can. Well, what have you managed to accomplish? We put on a job fair for electrical engineers, and we signed several of them to work for the new Easy Paging Company. So they're designing pagers. 
No, selling them. See, the sales positions. It'll help to have people who speak the language in the showroom. Know what I mean? Well, what about these charges that only non-competitively bid U.S. companies are pretty much running the show over there? Well, there will be roles for negotiators to nail the percentages for local ops. For kickbacks and bribes. Hey, those are such harsh words. Who do you work for, by the way? I am on a retainer for Bechtel and Brown and Root. So Halliburton. If you will. But rest assured that I am first and foremost looking out for the Iraqi worker. The poison in the street. The poison we came over here to help. I'm, I'm sure of that. Are you, are you in any relation to Ahmed Chalabi, by the way? He's my brother, sure. And once we get him elected, you'll see things really take off around here. Well, keep us posted. I sure will. But I got to scoot because I want to get to the hospitals. I got to get them supplied with joint killer. Uh-huh. Well, good idea. And we can do that by using good old-fashioned free enterprise. Uh, so that's what you call this job brokering thing. Absolutely. We get the best poison for the job and put them on it. Except when American companies get a contract. Hey, plenty of pieces of this pie to go around. Well, what about tales of American contractors dragging their feet? Is the glass half empty or is it half full? Pick one. Uh, half empty. No, it's half full. Come on, don't be a gloomy, Gus. We're kicking butt and the Wikers are happy. Uh-huh. Well, crazy Eddie Chalabi, good luck and come again. Thanks a lot, pal. Now here's Skip. Colonel Klondike. Yes, sir. See, I told you everything's going well. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear it. What was that? Well, that was a loud one, sir. Well, Colonel, what was that? Well, most likely it was just Iraqis celebrating their newfound freedom. I see. But I think I better go and check. All right, well... Just to be sure. All right, well, good luck, Colonel. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Look forward to next time. Before we go, I would like to quote one final item I pulled out of Uncle John's Great Big Bathroom Reader. That was uh, Dr. Tony Held's contribution to this program, and it's a good one. Uh, as regards the Reagans being yanked off of CBS due to some undue influence, Uncle John's reports that in 1966, the CBS network chose not to cover the Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearings on Vietnam. Instead, it aired its regular reruns of... I Love Lucy, and The Real McCoys, among others. A month later, however, CBS did interrupt its daytime programming for live coverage of the Pillsbury Bake Off prize ceremony. The Bake Off, unlike the Vietnam hearings, had a sponsor. You guessed it, Pillsbury. We would like to thank our special guests on today's program, Reporter Jeff Kearns of the Sacramento News and Review, as well as Ann Dilzer of Planned Parenthood. We'd especially like to thank Ambassador Joseph Wilson, who took time from his busy schedule to talk to us. Before he was talking to us, he was talking to the BBC. I'd like to end uh, the show with a quote from the Ambassador, who said, The best foreign policy we can have is one that grows from the center. And that center space is a space that is occupied by members of both political parties. The problem now is that the foreign policy is in the hands of the most extreme constituency of the Republican Party. I think of myself as a father of two sets of twins trying to raise his kids to be good American citizens to participate in the vibrant democracy that is ours. I'm Douglas Everett. This is Radio Parallax, and we're produced by Edward McMillan. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Thursday at 5 o'clock. Stay tuned for Todd.